Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. Today I want to continue our focus on the six characteristics of a high-performing team and or what makes up a high-performing team. And today I want to focus on leadership. How does leadership impact team performance? Well, common sense says if leadership is good, team performance will be good. It will increase. If leadership is poor, performance will decrease. But what makes a good and effective leader? That's a question I want to explore in the episode. There are five drivers of success for leadership. Trust, execution, teamwork, motivation, and change. Wouldn't it be great if we could measure those things? Actually, we can. Let me tell you a story that happened to me very recently that I think will explain why I want to take this approach to focus in on that question, how does leadership impact team performance? So I'm sitting in a conference room with a new operational director, the COO and the president of a company. So three people besides me in the room. We're reviewing the new operational director's Leadership Vital Signs 360. That's an assessment slash survey uh, created by Six Seconds that's highly validated. And I want to talk to you specifically about how did this play out as I was doing a feedback session with those three people and how that data became so important. And I always believe good decisions come from getting good data first. So we'll talk more about the Leadership Vital Signs 360 later in the episode because I think it's a, well, by far the best Leadership 360 assessment I have ever seen. And I've seen a lot of them. Well, we're sitting there, we're having this discussion um, talking about the data, the findings that came out of this process. And by the way, this has been validated with thousands of leaders that have taken it over the last 15 years. So very highly validated assessment. Um, so we're sitting there, we're talking about it. There was something very interesting that came out of that. The first aha moment for all of them was, wow, you can really measure these five drivers of success that we talked about a minute ago, trust, motivation, execution, change, teamwork. And it, these are smart people. They're already starting to see how data like that can be used very effectively to create a pathway of development for this new operational director. And we're having some really good conversations 
around those things. I pulled up one page of the report that measured the driver of trust, how the leader, the operational leader, believed his level of trust was with these other groups of people. Let me describe quickly those other groups. So it would be supervisor would be one group, peers would be another group, direct reports would be another group, and then a group we call others, which are key players throughout the organizations that work with this individual on a regular basis. Well, something very interesting came out of that one part of the report. His measure was pretty high, you know, on a scale of five, he was pretty much almost at a five. He gave himself close to a five rating. Not anybody else gave him gave him that kind of rating. So there was definitely a disconnect in how he felt he was being trusted as a leader versus how other people are actually trusting him as a leader. So as we continue to look at this conversation that was going on, the leader didn't understand why these other groups of people, these you know, other people that he deals with all the time, don't have the level of trust in him that he thought they did. And this, as I said, opened the door to a very interesting conversation and a very profitable conversation. And here's what it came down to. This new operational leader had confused trust with like. He had, in his own mind, he was thinking, well, if people like me, they trust me. But that's not true. That's not accurate. Now, they may trust you if they like you, or they may not. Or they may trust you and not necessarily like you. I know that sounds a bit counterintuitive, but yeah, I think you might be able to see how that could work. So we had a wonderful conversation about that, and I read a direct quote out of the report to him and to the other two, the president and the COO, that I think really well explains what trust is. I'd like to share that with you. Now, this Leadership Vital Signs 360 is produced by Six Seconds, the largest emotional intelligence organization in the world, and highly validated. This is by far the most accurate and actionable data when it comes to Leadership 360s that I've ever seen. And that I want you to focus in on the word actionable. So many assessments or surveys will give you data, but can you really truly do something important with that data? That's where a lot of these assessments or surveys fall short. Let me read you this quote out of the report. Trust is a feeling of confidence and surety. A trustworthy leader is someone who others will rely upon. Leadership isn't something that one can buy or make by oneself. By definition, a leader requires the consent of the followers. The quality of that relationship can be measured by trust. It is the benchmark or foundation 
of an effective working relationship. Leaders who generate trust facilitate others to take positive risks, risks to fully commit, to be forthcoming and honest, to stretch, to be open to change, and to grow. Followers listen to a trusted leader. They believe in his or her words, so they don't waste time in petty disagreement and power struggles. Trustworthy leaders keep promises, both those spoken and unspoken. Trust grows when leaders are competent, consistent, committed, and caring. And again, that's a quote out of the Six Seconds Leadership Vital Signs 360 report. And think of it this way. If we can measure trust and the kind of trust score that a leader has with other groups of people in an organization, that's only one of the five drivers. Leadership effectiveness is definitely measured by those things but it's also measured by team performance. No matter what is happening in the team, team performance is the responsibility of the leader. If there is a team member that is not fitting in well with the team, it's the leader's responsibility to make that work when it's not working right now. Whatever it takes to empower the team and team members to be successful. And we talk about success pathways and practices of accountability. Feel free to go to our website and check out more on on that information. Those are tools that leaders can use to be effective and successful leaders of teams. So as we think about where we go from here, Think what it would be like to have this kind of a tool to use in your organization. This is truly a transformational tool. So let's bring this back to our question of how do leaders impact their teams? I mean, that's that's the bottom line question. And the answer is massively. They massively impact their team, either for good or for not so good. Uh, Think of this LVS 360 that I'm talking about. And you may use a different tool, and that's fine. Good decisions come by first getting good data. Make sure what you're using gives you good, actionable data. Think of this as a mirror that we hold up so the leader can see themselves the way that other people see them. This is powerful stuff. This takes accountability and self-awareness to an entirely new level. Now, I want you to take just a minute and listen to the definitions of the five drivers of success because the definitions and what we're measuring are important. Number one, Motivation. Motivation is the source of energy to overcome challenges, pursue a goal, or maintain commitment. Number two, teamwork. 
Teamwork is collaborating to pursue a goal. It requires a sense of shared purpose and belonging. Number three, execution. Execution is the ability to achieve strategic results by implementing specific steps that work. Number four, change. Change leadership is the ability to keep the team innovating and adapting to succeed in a continuously changing environment. And number five is trust. Trust is a feeling of confidence and surety. A trustworthy leader is someone who others will rely upon. This may be a kind of a strange way to answer that question that we started with, how does leadership impact team performance? But I wanted to come at it from this direction because I want you to see what's possible to be measured, to understand, to dive into and practice and try and and maybe to identify where the gaps are or where the strengths are. Leverage the strengths, shore up the gaps. Good data reveals much. It's like turning the light on in a dark room so you don't stumble or crash into something. Without good data, how would we measure the efficacy and impact of a leader? I mean, we could think of ways we, I mean, we, oh, is, how's their team doing? Yeah, but is it the leader or is it the team? You know, I think they're doing okay. I'm not sure what's going on. How much unused capacity is there? There's a huge question. We, that may be a question for a future episode. How do you determine unrealized capacity in individuals or teams? If you're interested in that, I'd be interested to hear from you. I'd be happy to do that. Can you start to see why I like this tool so much for helping leaders identify key performance indicators for themselves? You can create measurable developmental goals and KPIs from a well-validated assessment or survey like this. And by the way, the things that are being measured here are lead indicators. They're not lag indicators. And I think that's really important. The earlier we can identify some potential gaps or even strengths that could be leveraged more, the better off we're going to be. So these are lead indicators. Another reason that I love this good and actionable data that I get out of this assessment tool. Oh, and did I mention there's an entire section of the report based on comments from individuals, they're all anonymous. I mean, unless you write your name in the comment, they're all anonymous. Uh, So there's a stop, start, continue section. Those comments are incredibly helpful and really give the leader much better insight into the ratings that they're getting. So they have an understanding of where to start to work on the things that they would like to work on to help their team be a higher performing team. This is what I mean by actionable data. There is no doubt that leadership directly impacts team performance. Otherwise, why would we have leaders in the first place? 
That's kind of the bottom line, right? I remember something I heard a long time ago and have heard many times since then. People leave managers or leaders. They don't leave organizations. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. The organizational culture may be an issue for people, but where it manifests is in their team and with their manager or leader. That's where they experience it. So if that's the case, then how do we ensure that we don't lose good people, that we don't have this revolving door of turnover that is incredibly expensive and right now very difficult to find people that are the right fit for positions that are open and millions and millions of open positions across the country. The leader or manager has some areas they can focus on. If you as a leader or manager want to, by the way, if you're a manager, you're also a leader. And frankly, everybody's a leader. You learn to lead yourself well first, then you learn to lead other people. But here are some key things to focus in on if you want higher performing teams. Knowing that as a leader, we have a direct line of impact on individual team members and the team as a whole. So the first thing I want to share is we get the culture we tolerate. Why do I say it that way? Because if we allow certain behaviors, certain responses, certain things to be injected into the culture, we're going to get what we tolerate. So if there are things in your culture, your micro culture, your team culture, that you would like to get out of that, then it's up to you to get those things out. It's up to you to set the standards, to be the example, to lead by example, and to exhibit the kinds of behavior and performance that you want your team members to follow. That is a function of leadership. The leader determines the amount of psychological safety that the team experiences. Psychological safety, we know from many different research studies and and other reports and case studies, is absolutely critical to getting engagement, to getting open conversation, transparent conversation, to moving things forward, to getting rid of toxicity, getting rid of a lot of the drama in the workplace. Psychological safety is a big deal, and the leader is the one responsible for setting the standards for what that looks like or what that will be. Also, the leader sets direction. People need direction. They want direction. You tell me where we're going and I'll help us all get there. That's a team member speaking back to a leader. So if you don't provide clarity of direction, it's very difficult for a team to align and be coherent in their efforts. The leader provides support and coaching to develop team members or not. (laughs) I hope it's yes, but that is, again, the leader's role. For a leader to say, and I hear this a lot, it's not my job to help them grow professionally. I'm sorry. I absolutely disagree with that. 
it is your job to help them grow professionally, not just professionally, but personally as well. And I don't mean in a confidential, personal aspect. What I mean is, as they grow professionally, you'll see that some of the that growth actually carries over into their personal life. I see this when I work with organizations on emotional intelligence. I was working with a sales team recently who was struggling with why should we do emotional intelligence? And I said to them very simply, if you can increase your emotional intelligence by 15 to 18 points, you can increase your sales by 10 to 12 points, percentage points. Is that a big deal to you? Oh my gosh, yes. How do we do that? Well, when sometimes we have to say it in the right way. That I was practicing a form of leadership when I said those things. I, I gave them a direction. I explained what the potential outcomes were, and they opted in. So that's a leader's role to help to grow and support their team members. The leader also sets accountability measures and practices and holds people accountable. The leader is either going to inspire or they're going to be more of an enforcer. You need to decide what kind of leader you want to be. Do you want to inspire and influence people or do you just want to enforce? And by the way, you can see kind of where I'm headed on what I think should be done. You're not going to get a lot of engagement when you're just the enforcer. And we know engaged employees give you a lot more productivity than non-engaged employees. And the last thing I want to focus on here is the leader chooses to either reflect and celebrate or not. And we know from very, very recent research that's come out, teams that reflect and celebrate are 25 times more likely to be high-performing teams long-term. That's a big deal. Reflection and celebration is not just having a party. It's why are we here? What happened that was good? What can we learn from it? How can we do it again? How can we improve on that? How can we replicate that success? That's what celebration is. It's not just a party. It is a process. I'm sure there are many other kinds of things and areas of impact that a leader has. I mean, I'm sure that this is not a, a comprehensive coverage of everything. But we've answered the question. Leaders have a massive impact on team performance. I want to leave you with this. If you're intrigued by the Leadership Vital Signs 360 I talked about today, I would love to have a conversation with you about that. It is a fantastic tool that is highly validated, and I use it regularly to help leaders become even better leaders, to really energize themselves and their leadership. And it's played itself out in many organizations that I've worked with. I'd love to share those tools with you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. 
If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.